It's not simply about just creating that platform and then it's there when you need it. It's really about consistent communication with your audience because not only does it A, identify that in the algorithm and those platforms reward you for that constant communication, but B, it builds trust with your community. They see that you're there, that you're delivering value, that you are communicating with them. You're not just there when you have a sale. You're not just there when you're releasing a new product or you're closing your door for two weeks. You're always there. You're always showing up for them. I think that's the most important piece for anybody listening, Tracy. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I've got a great episode for you. You are going to love hearing from my guest. I... I'm so excited about this woman. I got introduced to her from Joey, Joey C. Vitale, who you've heard me talk about numerous times. And I think that the work she does is so great and critical now more than ever, because you've heard me talk about needing to be visible. You've got to be visible. It's time to get visible. It's essential to get visible. Well, this is the work that she does. So very quickly, I want to give you a quick reminder that if you are interested in joining my eight-week group program, go over to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash Captivate program. Should be still in time for you to join. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. It's such a game-changing program, such transformation. If you go to that URL, you'll be able to find out all about it. It really, your voice is the greatest asset you have. And I want you to know how to use it. I want you to have the inner freedom, the confidence. I want people to connect with you. I want you to captivate. I want you to compel because I especially want you being visible. And when I say visible, I'm talking about not only just your your own videos on Instagram or Facebook are are for you professionals for speaking up in meetings, but expanding your reach, expanding your business, growing your programs, growing your, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you do or where you do it or how you do it. You want to expand your reach. And Allie, who is with me today, this is what she does. Allie Hembree-Martin. She's a visibility expert and owner of fame and fortune. And you know what? You might be thinking, I don't want to be famous. Well, you can still expand your reach. And she's going to talk to us about how important that is today. She works with female entrepreneurs to elevate their brand and gain credibility and cash through proactive public relations and strategic social media. She formerly worked in public relations for Amazon, Altec, Kendra Scott, and the International SPA Association. She also produces and hosts a podcast called Selfish, a show dedicated to self-care and following your dreams. Now, we're going to talk all about publicity and social media and you being heard and your voice. And you know what? Even if you're not a female entrepreneur, you are going to get a lot of value from this episode today. Allie is absolutely great. She's, she, uh, you know, I'm going to hire her. I think she's so great. And so I want you to listen to what she has to say, because I know you're going to get a lot out of it. All right, let's head on over to the show. Allie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Tracy, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, anybody that Joey C. Vitale recommends, I already know. 
already know they're going to be, we're going to be lifelong friends and an amazingly talented individual. So you're in good company, right? Yeah. I'm so glad he made the introduction. And of course, when I took a look at the work that you do, I thought, wow, what a gift for my listeners to get to hear from you because our work is quite different, but I know that there are so many overlapping threads between what you do and what my people are doing. And so I'm excited to dive in and learn more. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, so I usually start with a very simple question to set this up for my listeners about tell us what you do. Give us the core of what it is that you do. Yep. I um, own Fame and Fortune, which is a public relations and social media agency for small business owners. And my specialty is proactive public relations and strategic social media. So really just raising the visibility of these small business owners, these online entrepreneurs, so that they can reach more customers and bring home more money in the bank. I love it. And this is Always critical work, so valuable, but probably every year gets more and more and more important. Is that, am I right on track? I had a a lot of business owners that maybe have been quite established in their business, maybe 20 plus years even, that have really been dragging their feet as far as an online presence. And then when COVID really did hit and they were having to shut their brick and mortar businesses down for weeks at a time, they needed a way to communicate with their customers on a day basis. Like I'm making this announcement this morning. It's going into effect this afternoon. How am I able to contact my customers that quickly? They had always relied on more traditional methods of maybe radio ads or even print mailers, phone calls even in the past to really get across messaging. And they found that, oh, if I really establish this online presence, I can instantaneously connect with my customers and my community. So I do agree. I do think that it's always growing. It's always growing in importance. But even in the last year, we've definitely seen a much more emphasis on making sure that that presence is established because it's the tool that you need and you never know when you're going to need it. I love that. And I think, Allie, I got to tell you, I started my business in the Yellow Pages days. I mean, like literally, my audience is so used to hearing me tell stories about how people could find me. People found me through literally Yellow Pages And we have so many other platforms now to increase our audience, to grow our audience, to reach our audience. It is almost overwhelming, though, to somebody like me. And so let me back up. Well, I definitely want to talk about channels and all of that. I'm getting really revved up now. But (laughs) when we talk about small business, you're not primarily brick and mortar. You work with entrepreneurs. You work with a variety of people, right? You know, Tracy, it's interesting because at the height of my public relations career before starting Fame and Fortune, I managed the Southeast region of the United States for Amazon. So I had from Texas over to Florida up to Tennessee, and that was my region for public relations. And I worked with the leadership in really gaining those media features, getting their messaging across, and However, their tactics were very grassroots efforts. If you look at a political campaign, they mirrored their marketing efforts in a very similar fashion. So they're getting to those hometown papers. They're really connecting with the community in a much more focused effort. And I was able to really use those tactics and say, hey, small business owners who have brick and mortars in small communities, you can do these same tactics that companies like Amazon are doing because they are really relying on those close-knit communities to to grow their name and to grow uh, their visibility online and in person. That's really cool. And is that... I mean, did you study this in school? Did you always want to do this work? It's interesting. I got my degree in broadcast journalism and political science. And I thought I wanted to be the one telling the story. And then I quickly learned that public relations was definitely more the path that I wanted to take because 
It was creating the story within the organization internally, and then connecting with all the journalists and saying, hey, here's a story that's happening in this business. Let's tell it to the communities. So more of a methodical approach to crafting that message and crafting that story. But really, if you look at it from that perspective, the tactics that you can use with online entrepreneurs, you can use with brick and mortars. And so I definitely work with anybody and everybody in between. So what I heard in that alley is many, many years ago, I was going to be an actor and I was an actor. But what I found a love in before I even... Well, I was coaching voices, but not like I do today was I loved being the director even more because I was in charge of the vision. And that's what I kind of hear you saying is that you're the you're the visionary. You're the director. Yeah, I love that analogy, Tracy. Yeah, I really agree with that. And it can work in both the theater aspect or the business aspect. Right, right. And so you were real instrumental, it sounds like, and I am going to get to channels and overwhelming and all this stuff, but it sounds like you were real instrumental in helping these brick and mortars pivot when COVID hit. And I can only imagine how hard that must have been if they didn't have things in place. And here they are, they're literally shut down for a month. Mm -hmm. And it definitely moved from that strategic social media of, okay, let's share what services we offer, what products we offer, to now crisis communication, which definitely is a role that public relations, publicists play. We don't like that piece, and we hope that we don't have to play that emergency management aspect of our job often, but it is definitely a part and a role that we play. So I definitely had to make that switch very quickly and then also strategize with my clients on how they can still bring in revenue during those months because a lot of them did rely on that day-to-day sales to pay the bills. So it was, you know, what curbside pickups can we do? What online ordering can we do? What gift cards can they purchase now to use later? It was definitely a drill down of what can we do? And if they had a platform in place, it made it much more easily, much more easier for the customers to purchase from them. But if they didn't have that, it really was a kind of all hands on deck, let's get this going because none of us knew how important it was until we actually needed it. Yeah, I can't imagine how intense that must have been. Even with my people and my companies that I work with, I've been sitting in front of Zoom. I was an early adopter, okay? Nothing really shifted from that perspective for me. I was still sitting in front of Zoom like I am with you right now. But companies that had been in face-to-face meetings, they went and had meetings in person and they sat in the conference room and they went to the client and then overnight had to get used to this. Well, I can only imagine like a restaurant or spa or something and they had no visibility out in the world. That must have been daunting to put that together, or maybe it was invigorating for you. I'm not sure. (laughs) I think I definitely took on some of the feelings that my clients were feeling of, you know, that panic, that what am I going to do? And I think a lot of them struggled with that looseness of how long am I going to have to do this? If it's just for a week, I'll be fine. If it's two weeks, I might start to struggle. And so that's where if I couldn't reiterate enough that importance of that main contact line that you had with your customers. You couldn't rely on the news to tell that you're closing for two weeks because that wasn't going to get across in the news of that time. They had other stories they were reporting on and everybody was closing their doors. So it's really that importance of having that direct connection with your customers where you can immediately tell your story and you have control of that message. So the lesson here for the listeners that are entrepreneurs, small business owners, anybody that's listening that doesn't really have that piece in place, you're behind, we got to get on it. Mm -hmm. That's critical. And I think a lot of people feel like, okay, let me just set up the channels and then I'll just set it and forget it. Mm. And it's no longer about that because 
if you think about it, the platforms like Facebook and Instagram, they have an algorithm. We've all heard of the dreaded algorithm that's out to get us. The algorithm's purpose is to make us spend more time on these apps. Facebook wants you to spend as much possible time that you have in your day on the app as possible. So whenever they find posts that are doing really well, people are connecting with them, people are engaging with them, they pop them up higher in your newsfeed. So you see them first. The purpose of that is so that you will engage with it and then scroll on to the next one. If it put a bunch of boring posts that were unengaging, uninteresting, you would scroll through a few and then you would get off the app. So it truly is working for itself. So if you create an account and you set it and forget it, the algorithm identifies that. And when you do make a post, it says, well, you haven't made a post in a while. You're not helping me do anything. I'm not going to help you do anything. So then you can't see any of the content because it's not showing it to anybody. And that's where I think a lot of business owners get frustrated because they're like, that dang algorithm, it's out to get me and I don't know how to fight it. I don't know how to win. So it's not simply about just creating that platform and then it's there when you need it. It's really about consistent communication with your audience because not only does it a identify that in the algorithm and those platforms reward you for that constant communication, but B, it builds trust with your community. They see that you're there, that you're delivering value, that you are communicating with them. You're not just there when you have a sale. You're not just there when you're releasing a new product or you're closing your door for two weeks. You're always there. You're always showing up for them. I think that's the most important piece for anybody listening, Tracy. I know so little about this, and I'll just go ahead and tell you a secret. This is my albatross, but I completely hear what you're saying. And I think it's from a business owner's perspective, I wonder if you see what you're saying is so critical. What is the cause? Is it lack of knowledge? Is it overwhelming? I find personally it's overwhelming. And I can talk to students of mine and listeners of mine that I know it's just this drudgery. So is it a, I'm a baby boomer and I don't understand social media or is it, what do you see as the core issue around all of this or is it all of the above? I think it is. I think it is a little bit of everything, but I think so many people get frustrated with it because they don't know what to do. It's kind of like they just want, give me the three-step plan and I'll Mm -hmm. follow it. Mm -hmm. A lot of business owners wear more than one hat. They're not just there opening the doors or turning on the lights. They're also making the schedules. They're also managing the finance. They are the marketing pro for their business. So if I tell them, you need to spend three hours a day on social media, they're going to say, I don't have three hours to give you. So I've created a program, it's called the Social Media Success Shortcut to really address this, Tracy, because for me, it's about what do you post, when do you post, and where do you post? So I've broken it down and I've tried to make it as affordable as possible. It's $27 and it walks the business owner through the core pillars of your business. And that really identifies where you start when you're creating content for your social media. So many people will say, well, I don't know what to post. Introduce your employees. Identify what products and services you offer and repeat. Don't feel like I posted it once, I can never post it again. Again, back to that algorithm, it doesn't show your posts to every one of your followers. So you can repeat content. You can repurpose content so that you're not constantly sitting there going, I don't know what to post. I don't know what to say. So it's really a program that allows you to nail down and zoom in on the most important things and the most meaningful things that you can post on your social media channel how often you should be posting, and then also where you should be putting that content. Because I think, Tracy, that's the biggest thing that people ask me is, I don't know how to be everywhere and do everything for everyone. And and rightfully so, I get that. It's where your, your customers are, that that's where you need to be. So 
a lot of people will say, do I need to be on TikTok? I'm hearing about TikTok. And <laughs> it's like, no, if, unless you are marketing to the, the core audience of TikTok, you don't need to be there. I think you can grow really quickly if your audience is on TikTok because TikTok is definitely out to help you succeed. But if your audience isn't there, do not worry about it. So if anybody listening right now had that, that thought of, do I need to be on TikTok? I'm hopefully giving you permission to, to put that thought to bed. I love that you said that. And I literally just got off with a group of mine. And that was, we were talking about where I'm showing up, how I'm showing up. And there's so much packed in this, everything you just said, I have to nut it out a little bit. <laughs> that program sounds amazing, by the way. Where do we go get that program? Let's just have a little quick aside right there. Where do we go get that program? socialwithally.com and Allie is A-L-L-I-E. So socialwithally.com. $27. Okay. Get over there right now. But (laughs) there's one thing I want you to address, but I want to nut this out a little bit because what, when, where, no doubt. And I, I don't know if you see this, but I bet some people struggle with a what more than a where, but that has always been my albatross is where. And Honestly, I think there's a lot of confusing information out there. That's been, as a consumer, that's been my personal experience because I'm with you that, well, why do I need to be everywhere? I mean, I get it. And I love what you said about TikTok. And they just asked me that as my audience there well, no, but still feeling like I should be there because other people are doing well there. But mm-hmm. that's irrelevant. It's about being where your audience is. Some people feel that pull to be mm-hmm. on those platforms. If you really just want to consume that content, uh, I'll give you permission to go there for that. But <laughs> I will tell you, TikTok's a big time suck. I mean, it can mm-hmm. really drain your energy and your time quickly. I am all about efficiency. And especially when our time is limited, like where can we make the biggest bang with the fewest amount of minutes or dollars invested? So I have a lot of clients that'll say, oh, I've historically marketed with radio ads. I've historically marketed with billboards. And if you're even comparing those traditional marketing tactics with this new digital marketing, it's okay, well, how many dollars did you have to invest in those platforms? And how many people did you reach? Can be really hard to tell sometimes, especially with a billboard. They can say, oh, well, 12,000 cars pass by it every day, but we don't know how many people were in those cars and we don't know who were in those cars. Even with radio, well, we have this many listeners on average every day, and but we're hoping they were listening. We were hoping the radio was turned up, but we don't know if they're going to take action or not. With the digital marketing, you can measure so much and you can actually see the correlation between the time invested in those platforms and direct sales. That is what lights me up about digital marketing is you can say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes. And that's what my program that we've talked about. That's what my program teaches you to do is to start spending 30 minutes a month, not a day, not a week, a month on creating your content. And so that you can set it and forget it. I'm all about the mentality of block scheduling your time, creating multiple posts, scheduling them out, and then setting them and forgetting them. And I know this because I've done it with all of my clients, but this approach that we are asking our customers to know us, like us, and trust us. And those are the three principles of marketing. They have to know us, they have to like us, and they have to trust us before they'll ever buy. And once we achieve that, All we have to do is ask. But if we're not asking, they're not buying. And then you can actually just see that direct correlation of money coming in the bank and your your sales approach through social media and you're sold. You're never going to go down any other marketing strategy path again because you see that this works. Yeah. Now, would you put podcasting in as one of those channels? Because I know for me personally... That has always been such a great way for me to reach my listener that I've probably 
almost used it as an excuse not to be involved in in other platforms that I should be involved in. But would you put that channel, would you put podcast in with Instagram and the others? Yeah. For me, podcasting is an excellent way to provide value to your community. Mm -hmm. You're providing them with experts. You're providing them with your expertise that allow them to build that trust with you because they see that you're there for them. You're wanting them to succeed. You're providing them with all the knowledge that you can possibly pull out to help them. So when you approach a podcast in the mentality that you do, I really think that's a great marketing tool for you, but it also builds that community in unbelievable ways that really not a lot of marketing tactics can do. Oh, really? It's a strong one. They're hearing your voice. They're not just reading your words and kind of making a voice in their head of what you sound like. They're hearing. I will say, even though I kind of maybe dogged radio a little bit, I did in my studies of broadcast journalism, radio is an unbelievably powerful tool because you're doing something else typically when you're listening to it. And it's just like that with podcasts. I know myself, I'm either driving or I'm walking when I'm listening to a podcast. So you don't necessarily have to be focused like you would on a TV show or, you know, in our case, a YouTube show, you can actually be doing other things and still getting that message ingrained in your brain. So I do think it's a very powerful tool. Well, and I have always, I mean, with the research and the work that I do, obviously, I know the power of people hearing your voice. I mean, that is the instrument in which we connect with. And I am curious, I don't have the data on it, but I have insisted to my listeners that after the pandemic, now more than ever, people want to hear your voice for that connection piece. I'm curious if you've seen any... I mean, you're in that world. Are videos and audios, do they seem to have this profoundly increased success even more than before the pandemic? The interactive piece is a really big part of why videos are succeeding. And I know recently there have been a lot of announcements from platforms like Instagram that have said they're no longer going to be a photo sharing platform. They are going to prioritize video because they see the power of video. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they enjoy video more. They're doing it because it's more powerful. So they really want to prioritize that with their users more so than sticking with those static photo posts or graphics. They really want that interaction with their users. Mm -hmm. I just heard about that, I guess, on Friday, somebody told me about that. And of course, I'm a super fan because I know the power of the voice, but are people freaking out over <laughs> yes. that? Yes, are they, they are. They? <laughs> yes, they are. Um, because A, they either don't want to be on video, B, that means they have to learn some type of other editing or another app to use in that. But If my mentality, kind of how I like to approach things is like, let's break it down, let's make a plan, and then let's take it step by step. And I am all about batch creating. So whether that is with your social media posts, whether that is with your videos, like make yourself a list of five reels that you want to make for Instagram or YouTube videos that you want to make. Write out your scripts, write out what your talking points are going to be for those sit down and record them all back to back. It will drain you, but then you won't have to think about five videos for the next five weeks because you'll have your video for every week that you can post. So that I think seems to be the best way to approach it when people do get really overwhelmed is sit down, make some dedicated time to it and just knock them out. And then it frees up your mind to focus on other things than those next five weeks. So let me ask you this, and I definitely do that in my videos, and I'm definitely working to do better with my podcast. I will do, uh, now I'm not one of these, I do eight interviews in a day. I know people that I've been on their shows and they do that, and I don't have the, I mean, I'm impressed, but I will sit down and batch my solo shows for sure. But something that I used to do, and I know you probably hear this a lot, and I want to get your thoughts on it. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I had this mentality for a long time. Well, I've got to be inspired 
I've got to wait and let it hit me what I need to talk about. And I would get myself into trouble. I mean, I would be begging Archie. Archie, if you're listening, Archie's my editor. I would be <laughs> saying, is there any way you can get me this by tomorrow? I've got to roll it out at 5 a.m. So that was very, very stressful. And I realized I didn't have to do it that way. But I wonder your thoughts on that, if you hear that. And my opinion, when I hear that from my students, is it is a way to the subconscious is creating resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tracy, I think we do this in more areas of our lives than we probably want to admit. Um, I tend to do it with working out. I'll say, when I'm inspired to work out, <laughs> I'll just that. wake up one morning and it'll happen. Right. I think a lot of us tend to do this with things that we don't quite know what to do. Yeah. A lot of my clients will come to me ready to hire me because they'll say, I thought I would post when I was inspired and now it's been six months and I haven't made a post. So you either A, weren't inspired or B, you really just didn't have plans to post in the first place. Mm -hmm. And even worse, people will come to them and say, I thought you were closed because you hadn't made any posts in six months. Wow. I mean, I've actually had customers say I've lost business because they, I met them down the road, you know, months later and they'll say, oh, I didn't reach out because I thought your business had closed. So it's so important. It's so crucial. And for activities like this, where you feel like you don't have the confidence or the plan in place that you need, you will put it off. You will procrastinate mm -hmm. on it. So I set aside that time and dedicate to creating that content and schedule it out. I mean, just take it off your plate. Um, it doesn't need to be something where you're going into the app every day, even more so because we all tend to scroll on the app every time we open it. The number of times I cannot tell you that I'll say, oh, I need to go onto the app and message this person. I get on the app, I start scrolling, and an hour later I go, wait, what was I supposed to do again? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I'm not the only <laughs> one, Allie. Am I, <laughs> am I like, is everybody listening to this shaking their head? Yep, yep, I do that. So I love the act of scheduling out your posts because it keeps you from, from scrolling, but it also alleviates that procrastination we often have when we say we'll just wait until we're inspired. Yeah. Yeah, that YouTube is a black hole of death. I'm here to tell yeah, you right now. Just, the next video just starts playing. And then I two know. hours later, you think, wait, what was I on here for again? Yeah, oh, it, it, it happens. And, and again, that's the job of the algorithm. That's yeah, the job yeah. of these platforms. They have advertisers that are paying to have their ads shown. So the more people they have that they can be showing these ads to, the more money they're going to roll in. So it is in their best interest to hook you and keep you there. So they're doing a pretty good job. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's use it to our benefit and market our own companies while these people are spending time on the platforms. Yeah, that's really, I mean, I just can't even, I'm stunned at myself sometimes when I do exactly what you just said. I got to look this up real quick. I've got a comment on a student's Facebook video real quick and then, 45 minutes later, I'm like, what was I even doing there? It's all so strategic, but so incredibly valuable to have that presence is what keeps resonating with me. That it's like me talking about voice and video and doing the things with your voice so we can hear you. You're already behind. You're already behind. And I don't want people to feel like they're behind, but really and truly that presence is critical. If you think about it from the consumer's point of view, too, if you were only posting when you were inspired, mm. that typically comes when you are selling something. Maybe you're about to launch a new program and you think, okay, okay, I really need to get in the headspace of what I want to say in this messaging. Or maybe you'll say, well, I'm having this sale going on. There's a holiday coming up and I have a sale that I want to promote. So why don't I get on there and post about the sale? It's usually when you have downtime. It's usually when you slow down. And of course, there's that mentality of, well, I need to speed back up. I either need more customers coming in the door. I need more clients reaching out to me. 
you're never going to have time when you're busy. And so when you're busy and you connect that with success, it's never going to correlate that you're never going to be just a mindset of abundance. If you're only showing up when you need clients, when you need customers, when you have programs and products to sell, your customers are going to see right through that. Mm -hmm, For sure. And if anything, I think that's going to be the biggest drain on trust Mm -hmm. that ever will be. They can see right through that, that you're only wanting money from them. That's going to take you right back to zero. Everything you worked for is really going to go in the tank. So I really can't stress it enough of how important it is to be consistent because it's not just so much a, hey, you need to deliver week in and week out for the algorithm to like you. It's really about that no like and trust factor with your customers because they want to have that value from you before they give you their dollars. They want to see what you can deliver for them before they'll turn around and support you. So it really is about approaching it from that mindset of what can I give my community to offer value, to offer something that they will take away and go, wow, I am so glad I follow Tracy because she shows up every week with something that blows my mind. Mm Yeah, and that does require being consistent and disciplined to do it. And so what do you say to the people that say, well, I don't know what to write about? So my social media success shortcut program really goes into the what I call your social talking points. So coming from coming from the publicist to me, you know, whenever you're working with a client, you create your talking points for a media interview. And when you're doing a media interview, sometimes it can go negative. And you've sometimes seen politicians do this, where the reporter will ask them a tough question and they will completely disregard what the Uh question was. And they'll start saying whatever their talking point is that their publicist gave them. The publicist will say, they're going to ask you this tough question. I don't even want you to address it. I don't even want you to talk about it. I want you to go in this direction and start talking about all this great stuff that you've done. We're going to kind of take that same approach. Not that we're getting asked tough questions, but in my approach with the social talking points, these are the talking points that you have for your business that you want to talk about no matter what. Again, not that you're going to be having journalists that are really trying to get you coming at you left and right, but these are your core values. These are the pillars of your business that you reiterate month after month. I see it so many times that people will say, I have a ring that I offer at my store and I've posted about it already. They feel like they can't post about it again because they've already posted about it. And the social talking points really gives you that permission that you should be repeating these content and resharing these products and services that you offer because you're always educating either new customers or you're educating customers and followers that have always followed you, but they didn't see those posts the first time because the algorithm only shows your posts the 10% of your audience. And then depending on what those audience individuals do, it will either show it to more or show it to less. So your audience doesn't always see those things. So really identifying what those core pillars are, what those social talking points are. And as I mentioned, my program really helps you identify what those are. And I suggest about nine to 12 And then really going back to that list month after month. And that's where it can really cut down on your time because you're not recreating the wheel every single month when you sit down to plan content. No, that's good. good. That sounds really good. Now, as you were saying that, it made me think about, I wonder if you hear from people concern over bothering. I don't want to bother them. Like, that's what I thought about when you said, well, I've already posted about the ring. Is that something that comes up with people that you hear? Yeah. And the best advice I have for that is if you're bothering them, they will unfollow you. You're not bothering them. They've given you permission to show up on their newsfeed. When they have chosen to follow you, that's them giving you permission to show up. They care about your products. They want to see your products. Are they going to buy every single post and every product or service that you mentioned? No, that's the beauty of creating content in different ways so that you reach people in different ways and different people 
absorb content in different ways. That's why Instagram is putting preference to videos because more people tend to gravitate and connect with others in videos. So really thinking about it, you don't need permission from anybody to get your content out there. No, that's good. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of loaded questions. Mm, Bring them on. Okay. So this is a double question. It's two-parter. What are your thoughts about Clubhouse? And what are your thoughts about what I would call the next shiny object? The, okay, now we're doing this. Okay, now we're doing this. All right, now we're doing this. (laughs) That was how I felt a little bit about Clubhouse. And I, as a voice person, felt like I needed to be there. What are your thoughts on both of those things? I completely agree with you. I did the same exact thing. I could not wait to get on Clubhouse. Once I got there, I was obsessed with it for about three weeks. Mm. And then I quickly lost my love affair with it. I found that to really connect, I either had to be in rooms that were super large and... I felt like it was a really big time suck for me Mm -hmm. because there's something about listening to a podcast when you're walking or you're driving, you don't have to worry about like, Oh, oh, I can give value here. I need to grab my phone and, and unmute myself so that I can give value truly with a podcast. Like you're taking the opportunity to learn. I'm also one of those people. I really like the structure of somebody that has thought out a podcast episode They say, okay, here's the lessons I want to give. I've either written out my script or I have a bulleted script and I'm going to follow those and I'm going to deliver the content. And I know that if I'm subscribed to this person's podcast, they're going to show up for me week after week with content that is valuable, that I appreciate. With Clubhouse, it was, you never really were sure what you were going to get. You could listen for an hour and go, I don't really know that I got any value out of that. But you also felt like you were on edge with your phone to jump in if you felt like you had value to give. So for me, I did not feel like I loved it as much as I thought it would. Speaking of shiny object syndrome, though, all these other platforms are picking up the clubhouse trend. So Facebook is integrating this simply exactly what Clubhouse is, where it's groups that you can create rooms and you can all speak and talk together. And so I really am interested to see how it's going to be any different because I think regardless of how you approach it, it's going to be kind of the same mentality of, I have very limited time in my schedule. So I'm not going to dedicate it to just listening to something and hoping that I'll pick something up. I really want the content that's been planned out by these online entrepreneurs. And I'm actually going to take away value and be able to take action on those tips today. Yeah, no, that's good. I read about that Facebook audio rollout this morning, which I thought was, I saw they were having a discussion about it in a podcast group that I'm in. I had a really hard time with it. I felt like I should be there, Clubhouse. I felt like I should be there. And when I was there, I was, like you said, I was almost a nervous wreck. Mm -hmm. First of all, the time suck of it. And you didn't know what you were going to get. I mean, you had no idea. So very interesting to hear you say that. And so my next question is, because I think we all tend to see the shiny objects, whether we, I don't jump on every bandwagon. Like I mentioned to you, they've asked me, am I doing TikTok? No, I'm not doing TikTok. And I did look into Clubhouse, but I just couldn't get invested in it. But I'm curious, and I think I know what you're going to say. I think you're going to say it's so subjective to everybody and where their audience is. But do you have a tried and true favorite platform that day in and day out shows up for you? Yep. It is a little bit of that. It depends on where your audience is, that where you need to be. I will say everybody should be thinking about their marketing from the approach of, where can I spend the fewest amount of minutes to make the biggest impact? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it from the approach of how we both felt like Clubhouse was a time suck, 
There's no repurposing of Clubhouse content. So it's live. If you listen, you got the value. If you didn't listen, you missed it. If you think about a YouTube video, though, you could sit down and spend 30 minutes recording a YouTube video, and it lives on in YouTube land for as long as you leave it there. It is always working for you, even more so than Instagram and Facebook, because you know, sometimes you'll get on Facebook and you'll see a post from somebody that was maybe two or three days old. Sometimes it'll still show you that content kind of like, oh, you might've missed this. This is a person you tend to interact with, but that content can still be gone in a very timely manner. And so if you think about it, Clubhouse is kind of up there as far as like, you put the time in, if they didn't get it, there's no return. And then you can kind of step it down and say Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's kind of right there in that second tier. And then you think about it more from the approach of your blog, your podcasts, YouTube videos, even LinkedIn, I will say, has a longer shelf life. So where are those places that you need to show up? I don't want to just say, you know, go to YouTube because some people don't need to be on YouTube. but. Where are those platforms where you feel like you can spend the fewest amount of minutes and your content still lives on and it's still providing value beyond the amount of time that you spent creating it? So think about it from that perspective. And I think that's where you're going to be able to find the best place for you to be spending your minutes in your workday. No, that's really good. And I'm a super huge YouTube fan as well. And I get emails all the time. I saw a video series you did seven years ago. I don't seem to see it anymore. Can you give me access to it? I mean, I'm just stunned. And it happens all the time. Yeah. And and so many people are afraid to show up on YouTube. But if that's where your people are looking for value on that platform, you've got to be there. Because like you said, even years down the road, they will remember a video or your content will still be relevant. So it kind of has this nature of being able to still always be providing value. And of course, you've got the added benefit of being able to get paid from YouTube um, once you've Mm -hmm. reached a certain level. So there's a few perks in there. Yeah. But I hear you saying in all of this, you've got to be consistent and you don't have to be all things to all people on all platforms. In fact, the exact opposite. Amen. Find one platform. If you're killing it on one platform, you can, I will give you permission to go to two, but if you are not killing it on one platform, I only want you to stick with one platform and I want you to be unbelievably consistent. Consistency is the number one thing that I can give as far as advice for Mm. anyone listening. It is the most unsexy advice I can give, but it is the most important advice. And it is difficult for people to maintain and achieve. And so not everybody will do it. And that's why it is constantly the best advice to give because not everybody will do it. But if you can do it, you will find success on social media. For me, I have no problem showing up. I have no problem doing video. I have no problem doing audio. I don't have any problem with any of it. It is the consistency that is the albatross for me. So I can see why that one's the tough one. I can see why you would say it's the most important. I can 100% get behind that. But I can agree that as a business owner, that is really, that's the albatross, but so important. So important. Well, Allie, this has been amazing. And you have given us so much valuable information. I want everybody to go check out your course. Tell us again, $27 and get out. (laughs) $27. You're spending less than 30 minutes a month. So I truly feel like it has been the biggest game changers for business owners as far as building that consistency in their strategy so that they are showing up for their community And then they're seeing those dollars flow into their bank account as well. So socialwithally.com is where you can nab that. Yeah. Okay. And we'll put this in the show notes as well as all of Allie's social media places, all the places you can find her. But let me keep you just a couple more minutes. I'm sure you have so many things you need to do, but 
you do other work. You do one-on-one. Tell us about more. I know you've got the course, but what else do you do? It sounds like you do more things. Yeah. So the other way that clients can work with me is one-on-one. And that's where I truly take social media off of your hands, off of your plate. It's really this kind of dump as far as you are not spending any time on social media. My team's engaging from your accounts for you. We are creating the content. We're posting the content. We're optimizing the content with all of the tags and hashtags that you should be using so that it's just one last thing on your plate. So that's really the other level of service. And then, as I mentioned, the public relations side, you know, acting as your publicist, um, securing those media opportunities. It's really about growing your visibility. You know, if you feel like you've been consistent, but you really need to take it to the next level, that's where media opportunities and features online can really grow you to that next level. Oh, that's exciting. See, I knew you had other things you had to do. You got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. That's awesome. So lots of opportunities. And I always encourage my people, my entrepreneurs, the people that I work with, get visible in those, get on the television, get on the podcast interviews. So, so good on the reach. Credibility goes through the roof. You can preach your story. You can preach your success all day long. But as soon as you have that secondary voice of somebody featuring you on that TV station, on that podcast, in that print feature, your credibility just shoots through the roof. So if you feel like that's where you are in your business, that would be my next suggestion of really the next marketing focus that you need to take to grow your business. And I can, I can attest to it personally, the number of people that have come to work with me because, oh, I saw you on so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, but do you want to have a converse? No, I just signed up. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's stunning. It's so easy. You, it takes the selling out of it because totally. you've done the feature, did the selling for you. So they yeah. truly just want to align themselves with you at that point. So yeah. yeah, it really does make that next level of business seem really achievable at that point. Yeah, it's extraordinary. I recommend it to anybody that's at that place in their business where that's the next step. So reach out to Allie, do it. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I have loved chatting with you and it's so fun to talk about this and I've just loved hearing your perspective as well. So thank you so much for letting me come on the show. For sure. And thank you, listeners. I always love having you here with us. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.